Welcome back. We are the 12 Sighted Guys. We have Matt. Hi. Scott. That's me. Jordan. Salutations. Sabrina. Hey there. And me, Paul. Again, thank you for joining us on our adventure. And if you cheered when Taloon tripped during a boss battle, then this podcast is for you. It's time for the Crystal Codex, Episode 3. We are at the point where there's a, a hobloid has just been manacled. There's a gobloid that is being tied up by Nari, the seven foot tall, like Amazonian warrior woman, basically. And um, our um, local resident robot turned into a robot wolf and dashed off into the woods to chase after um, the unseen archer that was firing on them during their battle. Remind me, remind me what we call these kinds of robots. We call them deacons. Deacons is what the Empire has been calling these uh, robotic life forms. Okay. So, Ebby, you're dashing through the woods. We'll get to you in just a second. Roos had just pulled up his um, giant Mikasa scarf around his head to hear and understand the languages being spoken. And the hobloid that you have manacled is um, staying rather quiet. But the gobloid, who everyone else here is saying, gob, 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 you hear him saying, Oh, crap, she's going to eat me. We were going to eat her, but no, she's going to eat me. Hell yeah, dude. Well, you don't know what he's saying, Nari. You just hear gob, 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 gob. I'll, I'll look at him and say, do you understand common? Oh, no, what language are we speaking? Pardon me. Uh, you're speaking Almerian is what you're speaking. The language of the empire. I'll say, do you, under, do you understand Almerian? You hear him say... Uh, in your, you can hear Roos, uh, him say, oh, great. Now her boyfriend's going to eat me too. I'll, uh, I'll shake my head and say, no, I don't like the taste of gobloid. Do you understand me? You need to speak louder and slower. <laughs> Way to tip your hat, home skillet. Uh, okay. He actually kind of catches on that you're trying to talk to him. And, uh, he, you hear him say, I think he's trying to communicate. I'll nod my head slowly and say, I am trying to talk to you. He nods his head back at you and says, yes, yes, we nod heads too. (laughs) I'll say she is planning on eating you. So please, you know, answer my questions carefully. You hear him say, I have no idea what he's saying, but if I keep nodding, he seems to be calming down. Pine Pine calls over to Roos and says, are are they saying anything useful? I'm getting hungry. (laughs) I don't know that they understand me, but I can understand them. It's just comprehend languages. It does not speak in their language. So, What about the other one? Does the other one speak? I'm going to kind of like nudge him with my boot. You hear him say, hub, hub. And what you hear, Roos, is kick me again and I'll bite your leg off. I'll look down at him and I'll say, do you speak Almerian? Nothing. No response. Hmm. Well, we don't have much use for you if you don't. So 
I'll point it at Nari and say, Nari, I want you to start chomping your jaws like you're going to eat the guy in your arms. I got that, dude. <laughs> you're all chomp, 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 and you hear this, gum, 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 and you, you hear Roos's, it's happening, she's eating me, oh, this is the end. And then you hear the hob, the hob, the hobloid uh, go, hob, hob, and he says, shut up, they don't eat, they don't eat us, we eat them. And then the gobloid silences. As you guys are having this conversation, Ebby, I need you to make perception check uh, with advantage because you're in the wolf form as you are hunting this fleeing person. All righty then. Perception with advantage. 21. 21. Fantastic. Yeah, actually, um, after a while, you know, you kind of go into the woods and after about a minute of kind of chasing where you think he is and smelling and sniffing, you stop every once in a while, you catch a little uh, hint on the air. You know exactly where this thing is running. And you can even tell at this point just from um, your your brief interaction in the clearing on the road um, that what you're chasing is probably more likely a hobloid. You smell a little bit more like testosterone and musk than you smelled on the gobloid. So it's probably one of the bigger, um, the bigger hobloids. All right. After another probably 30 seconds of chasing this thing down, you're probably at this point a good 150, 200 feet away from the party. So they probably wouldn't be able to hear anything at this point with all the trees and kind of hills and rises and, and roots and rills and all that. Um, but you can now see him as he is running away from you. Got it. I want to take him down. I don't want him to call his buddies or alert any other larger group. Okay. And this is this is the way of the pack here, man. He's he's going down. Okay. So we are going to then. Um, I'll let you attack first. We're just going to trade blows. So go ahead, Evie. Right. Right, you make your attack in wolf form. All right. Uh, Fifteen to hit. That does not hit. Bummer. He is going to turn around and slice at you with his scimitar. And he hits you for a big nine. Does that hit? That does not hit. Okay, Ebby. All right, I'll have another go at him. Okay. Oof, an 11. Oh, that does not hit either. He gets his shield up in the way. He is now no longer trying to flee from you. He looks around, sees that you're alone, and he gains a little bit of confidence, and he's going to swing back at you, and he hits you. He rolled an 18, so he got a 21 to hit. Um, and he deals, uh, that would be, uh, I think, five, da six damage. All right. Oof, that hurts. That hurts the wolf form. Um, but I'm going to... No, scratch that. No, I am wrong. It actually only deals... Uh, it deals... Um, it only deals four damage. My bad. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I, that's that's not as bad as I thought it was. So we're going to keep going with this. Okay. Ooh, 22 to hit. That hits. All right. Um, and for damage... Ooh, oh, two ones. What a awful. Damage. Okay. That's a four damage. Four damage. All right. It looks like he's still doing pretty good. Um, he's going to slice at you again with his sword. He definitely does better when he's got allies around him, but he rolls a seven. So he gets a 20. So that's a miss. I mean, or he 12. rolled a, sorry, a 10. My bad. Awesome. Okay. Oh, didn't I tell you this is like the big bad? I forgot. I already introduced it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. Plus 13 to all of his rolls. He's a really intense goblin. That's brutal. He is I, an I ever black dragon in disguise, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> Just cruising around as a hobloid. Sure, no biggie. Why not? 
Um, so I, I attack back with a, a 10, okay. so I miss. You guys are just trading blows, right. missing left and right. Real quick, I got to say, in the um, fluff about Bahamut, he is uh, surrounded by like seven like um, canaries, but the canaries are actually polymorphed ancient gold dragons. Really? And they polymorph to look like canaries or something like that, or little yellow birds. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's going to attack back. That is a nine. No go. No go. I attack back with a five. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a symphony of errors right now. Yeah. Oh, and he is. gets an eight. So uh, he rolled a five and got an eight. So he misses as well. <laughs> oh, there's 18. a hit. There's there a it hit. Is. You, it, he looks like he gets his shield up and you manage to go right underneath the shield. You realize you barely got him. Okay. So you barely beat his AC. Whew. And 10. There we go. Ooh. Making up for and it. And you just rip him. Like, so you're a relatively like I, I i don't peaceful guy in wolf form you just instinctively know how to disembowel your prey and not to be too uh, grotesque and uh and uh uh oh no please do oh, yeah you always hey, said disembowel okay Come on, yeah you, you, you rip him from groin up past his navel and he just slumps down as he bleeds out and you can't help but feel that rush of a wolf taking down his prey oh yeah and he uh, is definitely definitely dead all right it, really quickly before i run back to the group does he have like a pack or a satchel or anything like that uh there's a little uh pouch on his uh on his belt and he has the the like the nasty uh kind of rusty long sword and then he's wearing a uh, chainmail, like rusted nasty chainmail. so he has a bow as well bow and arrows Oh yes, and there's a bow. There's a longbow. Uh, he's got a longbow, and he's got a like a, a quiver of arrows. It looks like he's got like a, a twelve or thirteen arrows left. Got it. I probably won't worry about any of the weapons, but I will try to just bite and yank the pouch off of him if I can, and then run back. Oh, easy, not a problem. With your metal teeth, yeah, you're like Jaws from uh, Moonraker. You just bite that thing right <laughs> off of his belt. <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, you come running back to the group. Okay, the group is standing there um, now. You have a hobloid tied up. You have a quiet gobloid who is watching Nari chomp her teeth. I don't know if you could hear that or not. <laughs> and uh, what are you guys doing? It seems like they don't understand you. You can understand them, but they're not really giving you too much information. Yeah, I'm gonna try and discreetly murder the hobloid without the rest of the party noticing. Okay. The only one who would notice would probably be Pine because uh, Nari is uh, dealing with the gobloid. Okay. Slide of hand? Yeah, slide of hand. And then you make a perception or you can do your passive perception, Pine. What's your passive is 12, yeah. Passive 12. I, I rolled a 12, so plus 5 oh, yeah. is 17. So, quick question for you, Paul. Yes. Um, for being a druid, I have the speech of the woods, which says I can learn to speak, read, and write Sylvan. And it also says the beasts can understand my speech and gain the ability to decipher their noises and motions. Would you classify these guys as beasts or are these just like humanoids? These would be humanoids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured this would be more like, hey, you're in the natural environment where you would see an animal. Um, that's basically what it means, you know? So, um, and these guys, one, they're. They're, they're not really in their natural environment uh, at this point. This is not where they normally live. And they are obviously intelligent. So beasts usually have intelligence of, you know, like four or less. Got it. Okay. Do you see any bunnies around that you want to question, though? Well, Ebby, why don't you make a perception <laughs> check? 
Oh, okay. All righty. Search for buddies. Uh, 21. 21. Okay, here's something that you realize. And it it was nagging at you, but not enough for you to really be aware of it. Basically, this is if you had roll, rolled higher perception last night, you would have realized this earlier. You don't hear a lot of animals that you would normally expect to hear. Every once in a while, you hear like a, like a bird off in the distance. Um, last night, you heard one owl flying south. Um, but really, there's not a lot of chatter going on in the woods right now. Hmm. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'm going to trot up to Pine and just drop the pouch out of my mouth. And then I might just kind of hang out in dog form for a bit before reverting back to human. Pine will say, good boy, good boy, and open up the pouch. And as you're as you're getting the, the pouch, um, Roos is kind of uh, stabbing the hobloid. I'll take my manacles off and, and I'll look at, every, at uh, <laughs> the group and say... This one must have uh, bled out, and I'll put my manacles back in my pouch. Okay. Yes, quite. All right. Does everybody just trust him, or anybody want to make a roll against him? I don't. I don't think that Pine would have any reason to distrust him. I mean, we were. This was a fight, and he was already wounded. So yeah, that's true. He. To be fair, he had literally one hit point left. <laughs> this is the way of nature. Yeah. So you guys have this gobloid. New team mascot. Gob, 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 gob. Can you translate that? I still have my thing active. <laughs> okay, okay. He says, he says, oh, crap. Now I'm alone. <laughs> so very alone. I bet I can break out of these ropes tonight. <laughs> Why would he be saying this stuff out loud? You're not out loud. You're not reading his mind. I need to work on my inner monologue. <laughs> and these flashbacks to Austin Powers. But she shags like a minx. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he just kind of starts clamming up. He looks very, very scared. I mean, you don't even need to uh, like an, an insight check to tell that this guy is nervous. Oh, yeah. I need to know what you guys are going to do. I would gesture towards the other, the dead goblins and just try to convey to him that's what's going to happen to him if he can't give us any information. Um, so maybe gesture to the dead goblins and then to the woods uh, to just kind of try to communicate that. Okay. Um, he actually, I mean, he's got like a negative, I think he's got a negative one or a negative two. So he, but he rolled a 15. So he gets the gist of what you're saying. Uh, at least he thinks he does. And I'm just going to kind of go off based of what I think that you mean. He is going to kind of say uh, to Roos, you can hear this. Um, okay. You want to kill all of us in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to nod my head. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be good. What will happen to Gob? And you know that Gob means me. That's his name. His name is Gob. <laughs> this language is so confusing it's, it's short for George Oscar Bluth <laughs> what about Gob <laughs> you guys are the ones who captured him, or talk to him. Uh, I'll say in, I'll say to him as long as you just take baby steps you'll be fine again this one's talking and I don't know what he's saying 
translate to us so we can like kind of communicate to him. What about or? what about Bob reference? Nobody, nobody. What about about Gob? Oh no! You kept saying what about Gob, and so I had to. Oh yeah! Oh gosh! I'm sailing. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. He, what do I find in the pouch? In the pouch, you actually find six gold pieces. Oh, yeah. You also find Woo! a human finger. Mm. Oh. I'll just toss that out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's all, yay! Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, that got dark fast. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so here's the deal. This is light and fun and everything, but there's going to be some seriousness, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so basically, I, I can't do fingerprints or anything. So, like, the finger is basically just a gruesome trophy that I want to get far away from me. So I'll basically, I'll, I'll throw it in the woods. Yep. Should we keep the finger and just see what see what happens with it? I mean, I don't know. Obviously, the goblins kept it. Disembodied uh, uh, appendages tend to rot. That's what happens. You can th- you can tell this one's already starting to stink a little bit. All right. Okay. If it's starting to stink. Okay. I mean, they kept it for a reason, though, so I'm a little little suspicious of that, but all right. Now, Ebby, you're fairly certain that um, that hobloid was rushing back towards some kind of safety. And it was basically straight west, a little bit, I mean, sorry, straight east of here. A little bit of, like, twists and turns around trees and up and down hills, but it looked, you, you got the impression he knew where he was going. Got it. I'll revert back to, you know, my humanoid form. Okay. And kind of stand up and say, I tracked down one. It was a hobloid out in the woods about maybe 200 feet that way towards the east. He was heading towards some sort of safety and security. I stopped him before he got there, of course. As for the little one, I'm not sure that he's going to be of much use to us. Unless you can tell us where fallen heaven is, I, I don't know what to do with him. I'll be honest. There is a way in nature and a harmony to many things, and life can be very sacred. But this one has disturbed the balance in this area. There are not the creatures here that should be. Nari's gonna roll her eyes and then just just gonna hack his head off with her axe and be like, all right, I got it, dude. All right, he is bound. Nobody is trying to stop her. And there is a uh, beheaded gobloid. The last thing you hear is, what about Gob? And then his head falls off. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this isn't fun anymore. Isn't this what your words are like, old man? <laughs> He's just a grumpy. It was the most merciful thing to do for that thing. It wouldn't have survived on its own anyway. Pine is not going to bring up the fact that you just said there's probably uh, a safe place for him not too far away to the to the east. <laughs> we'll just let it drop. <laughs> I'm going to start, while they're talking, I'll start rummaging through uh, the one that I killed. Um, on each of the hobloids, uh, so you find another six gold. And then on each of the gobloids, uh, there are three dead gobloids. There uh, you find... Um, Three gold a piece. So I think that's a total of 21 gold pieces. Including the six that, that uh, Not including Abby brought six. back? Abby has his, I guess you have the six from the first one. So total, there's yeah. seven gold pieces between the four of you. Let's go ahead and divide that up evenly. <laughs> so you can do seven and then one person gets six. If my math is uh, right. I'll take the six. That's yeah, Abby fine. Abby's apparently, apparently been holding out on us. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently. Mr. Moneybags over there. Wait, wait, the deacon needs money? I, it's shiny and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are you guys going to do? Mount Tabor is further north. There is some kind of gobloid thing east of you, you assume. Well, I I don't necessarily relish the idea of looking for a fight, but these are not meant to be in this area, and there may be answers yet in the in the hideout or cave or wherever it is that they've been holding up in. Do you think there'll be answers to our questions? Answers to fall in heaven? I doubt it. If they're robbing and looting in the area, they may have they may have come. Oh, I was just saying, like, should we not continue on and then, you know, protect ourselves? I mean, we killed four or five of them. I mean, maybe they won't mess with us if we just continue on. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, they have been robbing and looting in the area. So if they have come across any um, members of Fallen Heaven, we may find traces of them there. Clues to, to their whereabouts. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a thought. That's true. We've only got seven days, though, before people start getting hung. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have left. Well, at this point, you have six days. Pardon me. We've only got six days left before people start getting hung. And uh, I've got somebody important to me back in town, so I want to make sure nothing happens to her. <coughs> Mama's boy. <clears throat> I didn't tell the party what who she was. <laughs> I know, I just it just sounded like exactly what's happening. Yeah. Man, your coughs sound just like you say mama's boy. <laughs> well, if if time was of the essence, I think we should continue forward. But I'll do whatever anybody else thinks we need to do. Oh, we could put it to a vote. There's a there's a possibility that we could find something with the uh, the gobloids, but but that's slim. Yeah. I wouldn't want to waste more than half a day on that. I think that is fair. Well, perhaps we should drag these corpses off to the road for Lord Moshe to return to the earth, and then we can continue on the road to see what we can find. Should we clear the tree? How hard would it be to clear the tree? Why would we clear the tree? Let's block in the path. For other, for other travelers. I know, but why would we want other travelers to follow after us? If anything, that seems like a, you know, the one of the benefits. We're already going to have to clear these goblin bodies off the path. We might as well just clear them off and go around it. That, that's true. There could be other travelers like Gerard who are simply merchants traveling the mountains. Or more malicious. That's true. I think perhaps perhaps if we have time on our way back down, we could consider that. Okay. So is the vote then to continue on? I'm, I'm cool with that. If, if everybody else. That's my vote. Okay. I'm going to go on, see what happens. I don't get paid unless we, uh, we keep moving forward. So, so what, what exactly will you be paid for? I know you're looking for someone. What are you supposed to do once you find said someone? I find people and I bring them to where they're supposed to be. Are you a kidnapper? No, no, no. I don't break any laws. Whose laws? I, I, I 
work under the laws of the nations that I I work in. You know, I don't break any of the local laws doing what I do. So are you working for the Empire on this case? I don't think so. Hmm. You don't know who you're working for? My employer did not tell me who his client was. Do you know who your employer is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I work for Howling Talon. Well, I can just tell you from experience, not knowing who your employer works for can be dangerous. That's all I'll say on that. I know. I've I've made my fair share my fair share of poor choices on the job. Okay, so does anybody want to do any roles based on this conversation? Uh, yeah, I want to know what Pine's perception of Howling Talon would be. Okay, why don't you make a uh, history check? It's a fourteen. Fourteen. You've heard of Howling Talon. Um, they are a you know they're a uh, kind of a, a bounty hunting um, uh, group. You know that you know you you wouldn't have had necessarily any contact with them specifically, but you've heard stories about like oh hey you know so and so ran out on their um, on their uh, um, on their bail or whatever. Um, and so, uh, or, you know, Hey, there's these thieves that are, uh, uh, somebody broke out of jail. And so, um, they send Howling Talon to go capture them or whatever, or, you know, somebody's wanted for questioning. It's, it's a fairly well-known group. Um, you know, that, um, with a 14, they're not afraid to hurt people, but not like, uh, overly nefarious or anything. Oh, we don't know who their affiliations are. Uh, not, not any more than you would expect, I guess they, they work for money, you know, I, they work for money. So I'll, uh, as we're, as we're going along, I'll pull pine aside and say, Hey, uh, about the fight back there. Um, thanks for, uh, thanks for looking out for me. Oh, it's a, it's a soldier's responsibility to be a shield for his brother. This is not something I'm used to. Well, stay with me and you'll get used to it. <laughs> stay with you <laughs> what sort of things would I do if I stayed with you noble things that gave me shivers <laughs> I've tried to fix my mistakes in the past by doing the, the noble thing it didn't end well for me well that's the thing about acting in noble ways the immediate uh, the immediate response the immediate effect isn't always the last. Time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure about if the noble thing is the, the right thing to do all the time. But I do appreciate you helping me out. Oh, no. You're welcome. You proved yourself as well in that fight. Okay, so you guys are going to continue up the road is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. You guys continue on um, up the road for another few hours. Um, it's kind of, uh, you're about an hour away from where you figure it's going to start being time to look for um, look for uh, a place to rest for the night. You've been going uphill uh, pretty regularly. The trees in some places are starting to thin out. You come up upon like some meadows that you have to kind of go across. But the road is still relatively... Um, easy to follow um, as you head up into the mountains and um, in the distance uh, you see that the road is heading towards some kind of an old uh, building. Uh, It looks like it's made out of stone. It looks like there's like some kind of column structures in it. It looks fairly square, 
Um, and uh, just by looking at it, it has the look of like a religious place. Um, uh, Ebby, you have been here before. Uh, this is an ancient temple. And um, Ebby, you would know that this is a temple of uh, the to the Lord and Lady of like plants and growing things. Um, and you have spent some time here in the past. Um, so let's see here. Uh, so everybody can make um, religion checks. Is there any like smoke coming from the towers or anything like that? Okay, then you can make a perception check. That's a very good question. Pine rolled a 16 on religion. Okay, my religion check is 10. My religion was 12. Okay. I got a 7. Okay. Um, Abby, you can actually do it with advantage because, um, because uh, you kind of worship this. I rolled a bat on perception on perception you don't see any smoke it doesn't look like there's anybody here it looks like this building is kind of a a waypoint as you as you come up the road you can see that like there's a another road that goes off to the west kind of back down further into the foothills and into the uh into the forest that way but the main road like up to the t- up to the mountain continues to head north um and what what did you say uh abby what did you what was your final roll it's still 12 i rolled worse on my second roll worse okay all right um yeah you would you would recognize this as a temple for um lady artarian and lord moshe got it and uh they're kind of the lord and lady of uh plants and the earth um you know um uh who wait, who was the highest pine with a 16 with a 16 okay so um i guess they're fairly well um understood and actually Pine, you would know about this too yeah. with your dealings they're, in your uh, in your. Yeah, they're two of the patron, uh, two of the six patron deities of my uh, home country. Yeah, so you would know that um, you know the lords and ladies they are they are at odds with each other, but they work together. If that makes sense, so it's like the plants and the earth. The Lord might be might represent one aspect, and Lady represents the opposite. And in this case, um, uh, Lord Moshe represents basically like green growing things, and then Lady Artarian represents more like the basically fungus and um, you know parasites and kind of the natural turnover. Um, so where Lord Moshe would be like grow, um, Lady uh, Artarian would be like decay. Um, they're both very important aspects of nature, um, but they are opposite aspects, mm-hmm. if that makes any yeah. sense. And so this temple, while it is built to both of them, you know that it is um, more Lord Moshe's temple. Got it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and relay all of that to the group and just kind of let them know, like, this this temple is to Lord and Lady of the Earth here, Lady Artarian and Lord Moshe. Would I... Would I know if it had been occupied um, or has it always been kind of like a derelict building? So with uh, with um, it's always been kind of derelict. You I mean, it may it's this is less of a like this is more like a waypoint, more like a shrine that you would visit as opposed to like a place that you would worship at. And actually, there'd be like clergy there to, you know, that would live there and take care of it. This is more like they built it and they left it. And then people on pilgrimage or whatever might stop here and worship for a few hours or whatever. But it's it's more like a respite from your travels. Okay. Okay. And as you look at this uh, temple, you can see that there's like a, there's a staircase on um, three sides that you can see um, and kind of 
the stairs go up into this big square chamber. And right in the middle of that square, there's like a, uh, a circular garden and growing out of the garden is this tree. And you notice that this tree is um, leafless. Um, but Ebby, you know, the tree is not dead. It is fall. The leaves have fallen off and they've blown away because the sides of the building are kind of open. So the wind kind of whips in and blows it all around. So you can see little piles of leaves around, but the tree is, is leafless yet alive and healthy. Got it. And then, um, yeah. And so this is kind of where you are. Um, Nari made a perception check, a fantastic one realizes that there is nobody like living here. There's no smokes, you know, coming from a fire or anything. Well, perhaps should we set up camp here at the shrine or in the area roundabout? I think that's a good idea. And um, it may be, since this is such a prominent landmark in the area, it may be wise to see if there's any hidden messages or signs of, of this being used as a, as a meeting place. I think that is a reasonable thought. That's a very good idea. Yeah. Um, so, uh, is this, you guys are going to make, make camp here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like, where do you guys want to camp? You guys want to camp inside underneath the roof, uh, because the tree is actually under a roof. Um, it's like a, it's a basically the size of like a big cherry tree, probably like maybe 12 or 15 feet tall. And the roof is probably 20 feet high, but there's like skylights, not, not really like glass, but there's like openings in the roof. So you know that you can stay, um, undercover, but there is like an opening in the roof that lets rain in and stuff to keep this tree watered. So like if we had if we if we were to build a fire under there the smoke would also escape through that same hole. Yeah, yeah, but the the hole is basically over the tree, and so you'd have to build the fire kind of close. Well, I, I, it would escape because the 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 roof is pitched. So yeah, the, the smoke would get out, not a problem. And if we stayed under there, we could have like Ebby or someone stay up for the majority of the night to keep watch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. All right, you guys move on into this uh, temple, and somebody's going to start exploring. Yeah, I'd love to investigate. I think if we if we were all investigating, it'd be awesome if we could just uh, have somebody roll with advantage. Yep, have uh, one one person roll investigation with advantage. So who's going to make that roll? Probably somebody who's good at it. <laughs> I've got a plus six on investigation. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm helping Roos. <laughs> yeah, support. So the first one was a fifteen. Mm-hmm. The second one was a 13. Neither of them great, but... 15 is pretty good. So you're looking for specifically for like signs of people being here and... Yeah, like, like notes hit, hit, like left behind or like recent, um, you know, basically any sort of disturbances or yeah, things like that. Yeah. So um, you can see that um, it looks like there have been footprints and stuff kind of dragging mud in here. Um, you're not sure how recent it is, because like I said, it hasn't rained for a while. And like the, the footprints and stuff are all like dried, caked uh, mud now across the floor tiles. But as you enter the temple, you can see like in the middle of the or the shrine, you can see in the middle of this shrine is that that kind of that circular um planter with the tree growing out of it and then as you continue north there's actually more stairs going up and it looks like there's actually like a a throne a big stone throne that is um kind of raised up above and you can kind of if if you were sitting in the throne you could look down um at the tree um and that that whole section is kind of um the, the walls aren't solid. It's got columns for walls. It's very almost like Grecian um, looking. Um, so it's kind of this com this kind of uh, interesting uh, 
uh, combo of like a solid stone building with kind of Grecian uh, columns and uh, post and lintel construction, sort of like a, a Parthenon or something like that. Um, but you, you, you look around the room and that's really all you can see is that it looks like people have been in here, but hard to tell how long ago. Um, the footprints, though, with your investigation, they do look um, more adult size as opposed to like a child size. And they, they don't look like cast off like uh, like what a gobloid or a hobloid would wear, like but maybe better better kept. You know, hard hard to tell. I we need a survival check for that. I mean, he did say that they were more adult size, and the goblins were more like child size when I checked them out. The gobloids were more child size. The hobloids were bigger, and they were more um, uh, more more human like adult size. Every time you say gobloid, I'm thinking graboid from Tremors. <laughs> uh, we'll see if anyone if we could please yeah if we could please encounter that at some point that would be no, great please, no, that would be, that's a purple worm no thank you <laughs> yeah yeah you guys don't want to fight a purple worm it bites you and swallows you whole or it stings you with its butt <laughs> and it makes 10 foot 10 foot diameter tunnels that you can go through so I don't think you guys are going to fight that at level three. Yes, everyone, they are level three at this point. So if you were wondering why they kept going back and forth with a a um, not hobgoblin for like five rounds, it's because they're level three. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what goes on. So you guys want to set up camp? Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like you want to stay here. No need for tents under here. Um, just kind of roll out the, the bedrolls and things. Yeah. yeah. Paul, can, can I check out the view from this from the throne? Like, I wouldn't want to disrespect the shrine at all, but maybe just get up on the throne long enough to look around from there as like a vantage point. Specifically, looking okay. down, you said it has a vantage point over the tree. I would look down into the tree, see if there's anything interesting okay. there. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, yeah. So you get up onto this this big throne, and the throne is like twice as big as it needs to be. Um, it's like the extra wide seat on the bus. Um, oh, I was thinking, I was thinking, like if uh, if Abraham Lincoln stood up from the Lincoln Memorial and like left the seat. <laughs> okay, maybe not that big. Maybe not that big. Um, so it's it's basically like twice the size of a regular throne uh, would be. And you imagine this is probably built to house the the rump of the Lord, um, the Lord Moshe. Um, you get up into that throne, and as you're sitting down. Nobody else can see this because everyone else is listening to this. But basically now everyone who's playing has a better view of what's actually going on. And just so everyone knows, I am a great uh, describer of things. So uh, hi, you are up yeah. here. One of the best. One of the best. One of the best descriptors that I know of. A raconteur. Um, Possibly of all time. Uh, Pine, you're sitting up on this throne and you look down at the tree. Um, you can make a perception check. And I shall, and I shall roll. Ooh, I have been rolling really great on my uh, skill checks. It's a 21. Nice. Okay. Um, Pine, so this tree is in this planter, and it's got this, you know, it's got, the planter's raised up. It's got like about a, a three or four, uh, uh, maybe more than that, more like a, an eight or nine inch base ring around this planter um you know that then it has the piled up dirt on the inside and the trees inside there's something as you're looking back at the tree the tree is not interesting to you what's interesting to you actually is around the base where the planter itself meets the floor it seems like it doesn't quite 
match up right. Like you see like a little bit of um, everything here is immaculate. I mean, it's it's worn, yes, but the craftsmanship is very, very good. But it looks like there's like a gap with no mortar. Almost like a little gap, a little gap, a very thin gap. And without a 20, with, you rolled a 21. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, um, you would have missed this, but you were just really clued in. You just, you, you caught your eye. And then as you start looking at it, you see that, yeah, there's like a little thin gap um, around part of this, uh, this planter, not even I mean, big enough to like slide a piece of paper through basically, mm-hmm. like not even enough to get a finger in there or anything, but there is some kind of a gap. Everybody else is kind of setting up bedtime right um i'll come down and talk to them and kind of quietly um because pine is assuming that this is some kind of a massive door that could potentially open up so uh he'll come down uh, uh as we're setting up camp right next to it and i'll say i believe there must be a way to move this planter out of the way um i think that it is a door or uh um, a lid of some kind. I'll, I'll stop setting up my camp and go look at it with him. Aside from the throne, is there is anything else around here? Like down to the south this way? Uh, down to the south is kind of where you came from. So there was just, there's stairs. As you're in this main square area, you see that to the east, there are stairs going down back to that main road up to the mountain. To the left is, uh, to the to the west is kind of stairs that go down to the road that goes back down into the forest, but not the way you came. And then to the South is the stairs that go down to the road heading South that you came up. Does that make sense? It's like a, it's like a T intersection. Uh, this is kind of that middle of the T intersection where it goes North and South and then back to the West. Okay. And that's, the, and there's just some trees. This is a little bit more of a clearing uh, uh, area. Cause I mean, you're starting to go, go get up the mountain a little bit. So um, uh, it's not like the trees are, you know, you're not at like the timber line or anything like that, but you've just come across some meadows and things. And this is kind of a little bit more of a sparse area. I'll run my finger along the, the gap that uh, Pine points out and start kind of looking for anything that feels loose or out of the ordinary. Just trying to like idly look for switches or levers, that sort of thing. Yeah. Can we have one roll an investigation with advantage? Yeah. So roll an investigation with advantage as you guys are kind of looking this over. Whoever's the best at that? I think Roos again. Yeah, I think yeah. Roos. Okay, so I'll roll. So the first one is a 23. Wow. The second one's a 14. Okay, well, let's go with that 23. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just... You kind of uh, run your finger kind of along the edge. Um, like the... the the place where the planter meets the ground and uh, it's kind of feeling around. And as you get kind of up towards the, uh, the North, like if you were, if it was a compass, like the, the point that marks North, um, you kind of, your, your, the gap is just a little bit bigger. You kind of peek down in and you can see what looks like a little bit of a metal um, hook, like a, a hook or a, or a, an eye bolt or something like that. Something, some kind of a, of a, of a contraption is there. Um, but again, it's just too thin to get your finger in. And as you're kind of looking at that, uh, Gigi, um, clambers out and jumps out of, uh, climbs up on your shoulder, jumps off your shoulder, spreads her little skin flaps between her legs and flutters over to the tree, um, as she glides. 
and lands on a branch. And as she lands on the branch, you see the piece of metal under there. You see it kind of shift a little bit. And Gigi's really small, really light. Why don't you describe Gigi again in case nobody heard it the first the session one? Yeah, yeah. So Gigi is a skink. She is like a gray-green color. She's a reptile with like a webbing between her arms and her sides and her in between her legs. So she can kind of glide and hover if I give her enough momentum. She is my little lockpick and lever finding companion. And uh, one of her, one of her cooler features is her tongue is bright blue, like iridescent blue. So whenever she's eating, you get these glimpses of, of, of really strong color. I think we need someone to go jump on that branch or at least pull down on it. Why I found the gap. I'll do it. So Pine will walk over and, and uh, does he have to climb to get to that branch or is it pretty low? Uh, the branch is not very, very high up. Okay. So he's going to, he's going to climb, climb up into the planter, go over to that branch and say, thank you, Miss Gigi. I'll take it from here. And I'll um, kind of pull, see if I can move that branch at all. Now, uh, Roos, let me know if I'm taking away too much of this. Um, Gigi uh, is a little bit shy, correct? Yes. So you, uh, Pine, as you approach, you see Gigi, um, she kind of, her skin color changes um, and matches the branch. And as you approach and then as you like um, address her and are very polite to her, you see her skin kind of change back to the normal color. Um, and then as you say that, she jumps back across and flutters over to Roos and then tucks back into her pocket. Um, and Roos, you know that that is a very good sign that Gigi felt comfortable around Pine. Um, and then what do you do? You pull that, that branch. The, yeah. The one that, that Gigi was on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a, it's about six inches long. It's about, about as thick as your thumb. Um, and, uh, it doesn't have like any, you know how like a branch will have like little, um, little places where the buds came mm-hmm. off of it, where like new branches are going to sprout and everything. This stick does not have anything like that. So as you're looking at it, it does look a little bit different than the other branches on the tree, but you totally, you would have never known had you just passed by the tree. And even, Ebby, you've been here, and you never noticed it. Um, you pull on it, Pine, and Pine, for you, make a perception check. And I finally rolled a bad one, 10. Okay, you pull on the branch, and you feel it kind of click down. It still looks like a natural angle for the branch, but before when it was kind of angling up, now it's kind of angling down. But Roos, as you're watching, you see that like that hook, that metal hook underneath, you see it spring up. And that's all that happens. And then um, Nari and Ebby, what are you guys doing? You know, I feel like at this point, I'd probably just be kind of watching, intrigued at what they're figuring out. Because I've been here before, but none of this stuff was ever immediately evident to me. Okay. And Nari, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, obviously that branch did something. So I would be looking around to see if anything else had changed. Like anything else inside the temple? Yeah. Just to see if it triggered anything else. Because obviously that branch is important. I need to know, I should have this written down, but I need to know everyone's passive perception. Bum, bum, bum. 14. 14? Uh, Mine is 13. So is mine. Ruse's is 13. Well, um, 
really it's not very difficult it's hard to move a lot of people without making some noise suddenly you guys hear uh what sounds like movement in the bushes and the trees to the south excuse me and to the east i'm gonna duck behind one of the pillars okay i'm gonna grab my axe and just be prepared and uh try to scoop it out okay yeah, I'll, I'll probably kind of move behind one of the pillars as well. Um, I will. I'm just realizing now that uh, we haven't taken a rest and I'm still pretty hurt. <laughs> so I'm going to draw my sword and I'm going to use the last of my commander's morale to, to heal up f- the five additional hit points. Okay. And so, Roos, you're hiding, right? Yes, I'm attempting okay. to hide. So I rolled 17 on my stealth. Okay. Yeah, you guys are kind of like getting ready, and all of a sudden you look around, and, and you guys don't don't do not see Roos as you are kind of preparing yourself. Suddenly, you hear a and it sounds very similar, Abby, to the horn blast that you heard um, the night before, although this one is much closer. And out of the woods, you see numerous shapes. Uh, emerge. You see quite a few gobloids. Um, in fact, we'll say you see about a half a dozen of them mm. emerge from the woods to the east. Ebby, as you look to the south, you see another three gobloids pop out from the south. And behind them, you see a hobloid in the, to the south You see a hobloid to the west, and then you see coming up from the south, along with the three gobloids and hobloid, you see he looks like a hobloid, except a hobloid if he had eaten four or five other hobloids. This dude is fat big and fat but you look as you look at him you see he um he's actually about six inches taller than the hobloid who is already like man size this dude's big he's got big like extra thick beefy arms um he's got like a um uh, an, an even bigger sword than the hobloids and he comes out and you hear him he points his sword at you guys and he goes bog bog Oh, God. And we are going to roll initiative. All right, I got 14. So, Ebby rolled a 15. I also rolled a 15. <laughs> Ari rolled what? A 14? Yeah, 14. And then, uh, Roos, what did you roll? I rolled a 7. You said that like Charlie Brown saying, I got a rock. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> All right. So, the first up are the Hobloids. There are two hobloids, and what they're going to do, the first one steps up, the one that's in the south, he's going to step up and take a shot at Ebby because he is clearly in your view. Uh, that is going to be a a 15. That will hit. And you take six damage Oof. right off the bat. This other one is going to rush in, and he is going to get to Nari and or Pine, and he is going for, ooh, he's going for Pine. Pine, he's going to swing at you, and he gets a, I think that's a 14. And he misses, because my AC is 18. I block it with my cane. It's actually, it's a 15, but still, he still misses. Okay, that is the Hobloid's turn. Pine, what are you doing? 
Oh, well, he's right up in front of me. Okay, then I'm going to uh, attack him. Okay. Don't tell me if it hits until I just tell you what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, 23 hits. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, for 12 damage. For 12 damage, all right. And as you get ready to say something, you realize <laughs> yeah. this guy crumples to the ground dead. <laughs> and then I will look over at the uh, the, the the hefty one and point my sword at him and I'll say, uh, and I'll say, you, you're next. Why don't you make an intimidation check with disadvantage because you're not sure if he speaks your language. Okay. A nine. Okay. He's kind of, he, he's not even looking at you at this point. He's like, he's like pointing at the goblins and like say, and pointing at you guys like saying, go attack. All right. Uh, you're going to stay there. Or you're going to move. You know what? I, so if, uh, um, I'm going to move to the, well, there's more, so there's, if I'm understanding correctly, there's there's more gobloids um, on the east side mm-hmm. than on the south side, but yes. the main guy is down on the south side. Yeah, so here's, here's, what, here's what we got. We got five gobloids to the east. We've got three gobloids, a hobloid, and a bogloid to the south. Bogloid is the so okay. Here, here, my naming scheme. It's not terribly in 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 uh, ingenious. I think I think most people who know D and D will will know what you're what you're getting at, Paul. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, as long as as long as we're we're clear. All right. So 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 the bigger the heavier hitters are down south. So I'm actually going to move to kind of like if the if we're looking at a, at, a, at as the um the tree the planter as a compass i'm going to move to the the needle pointing south i'm gonna let you make an insight check real quick before you do anything uh, and I'm, I'm letting you do this because of your military knowledge oh insight check okay uh we should probably get the higher ground <laughs> um here's no here's the deal um you your your assessment of the heavy hitters yes if they get into uh, attack range but um you look at these little gobloids and they have little short bows and uh uh, you you get the impression that they might be more dangerous from range than the big guys are up close. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Then, then I with that um, knowledge, then I will uh, say to uh, to Nari, um, uh, let's close the distance before they pepper us with arrows, and then I will move off to the east. Okay. Uh, thirty feet, uh, thirty-five feet, actually, because I get thirty-five feet. Yeah, and um, I'm just gonna go and describe this. You guys have been hiking with Pine now for the better part of you know twenty a little over twenty-four hours at this point, um, and you've seen an old man walking and using a cane. But now this is the second time that you have seen him like stand up straight, and um, his bearing, his his whole uh, the way he carries himself has changed, and you get you catch a glimpse of the soldier that he once was. Is that, is that fair to say, Pine? Yeah. At, at this point, the cane, yeah, the cane, yeah, the cane becomes less of a crutch and more of a defensive uh, tool for him. Um, so, yeah, nice. Okay, Ebby, you are up. Okay, I think first things first. I'm going to actually. Ebby starts to kind of he calls upon some of the innate natural magics that are part of his creation. And he says, Lord Mosh, I I call upon your power. And he summons a, it's um, kind of a spirit totem creature of, in this case, let's do the bear. And so everybody that's going to be within the area of effect, and it's a 30 foot radius. um, 
they will get plus eight temporary hit points and they'll get advantage on strength checks if they need it. I mean, that unfortunately doesn't count for attacking, but hey. So anyway, I want to kind of center it here so that way it hits all of us here on the uh, on the central kind of dais here. And it's got like an aura. How, how big is that aura? It's a 30-foot radius. 30-foot oh. radius? Yikes. I believe that Pine just left that radius. I think you I think you may have. As a bonus action, I can move it in the future, so okay. don't feel like you have to stick around. I try to survive. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to do that as my I think that's my bonus action. Yeah. So bonus action, I call that thing into existence. And then for my action, I'm going to use a robotic ice missile. So um, there's like a reservoir of water and other reservoirs of liquids within kind of my robotic frame. Anyway, some of it kind of seeps out into my hand and the magic kind of saps the energy and turns it into an ice shard. And I chuck that thing. 60 feet is the range on it, but I'm going to try to attack this guy here. I don't know if he's close enough, but if I hit him, um, it's 1d10 damage, and then the shard will explode, and anybody within 5 feet will take 2d6 if they fail a dexterity saving throw. All right, so just to better describe it, uh, you're, you're, you're flinging it at one of the gobloids, hoping that it hits him, and then it will explode and then hit another gobloid and, uh, and the hobloid that are to the south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my hope. Okay, why don't you roll to attack that first gobloid? Oh, a nine. A nine. That misses, but it will still explode, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Hit or miss the shard, then explodes. The target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a, dex stare, a dexterity saving throw, or they'll take 2d6 cold damage. Uh, it's a 13 dex save. Okay, the first gobloid saves. The second gobloid, the one that you actually aimed at, does not save, and the hobloid saves. So just the one that you actually aimed at, he takes that damage. Okay. The other ones take half. Is that what you said? I think it's none. It's all or nothing. Okay. So just yeah. this one, just this one um, that you aimed at, he's going to take that shattering that uh, that shard um, as it bursts. So uh, what's the damage for that? Uh, Eleven. Oh man, that's more than enough. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, he's down. It, 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 he like kind of dodges to the side and then it's like behind his head and he's thinking, ha I'm safe. And it boom explodes. And then his head is just gone. Um, and he flops forward on his stomach. All right. Nice. And did you want to move? Or you want to stay put? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to, I will move over. I'll move to be a little bit closer to the companion. So I'm going to kind of move over here. Okay. And then I'll call that good. Okay. All right. Nari, you're up. Okay, so I'm going to follow Pine, and I'm actually going to come out here, and then I'm going to throw my axe at uh, this guy right in front of me. Okay, you're going to throw it at one of the gobloids who's right in front of you. Perfect. Yeah, um, so I'm going to throw my hand axe, and that is going to be a total of 20. That hits. Um, the damage is going to be four. Four damage. All right. He, I mean, it definitely hits him. He looks like he is, uh, he's hurting pretty good. Um, and that brings us, anything else you want to do? Uh, no, I think for that move, it's it's fine. Okay. All right. And then that brings us to the Bogloid. He yells out something in goblin, or sorry, sorry, 
gobloid <laughs> uh, language. And then he... Uh, Apology accepted, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to rush forward. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he gets to right about here. He, um, he reaches uh, on his back and pulls out a javelin. And Ebby, he's going to huck a javelin at you. Ooh, all righty. And oh, oh. that's, that's going to hit. He rolled a natural 18. Uh, so he is going to deal six damage to you. Okie dokie. Okay. The Bogwade moved up. He threw a javelin at Ebby, and it is now Roos's turn. Okay. I can't see anything from behind the pillar. I hit a little bit too well. <laughs> yeah, you've, so blocked, gonna... you've blocked your whole line of sight. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to poke my head around the corner. Oops. Hold on. I'm going to poke my head around the corner and try and get a little bit more sight i had so i'm gonna pull out of my pouch another crystal and this one is a grease crystal and i am gonna throw it at is this the big guy here yeah, that's the bogroid yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take my grease crystal crack it in in my my uh fit my palm and throw it at him okay. and so it should it'll create a 10 foot square of grease. I kind of want to like get the whole opening there. Okay. Up to that, that South side, anyone standing in it has to make a dexterity save or fall prone. And then it becomes rough terrain. All right. So you throw it. Um, he has to make a, uh, dexterity save. Yes. Okay. He is going to try to make a dexterity save. What's the difficulty? Difficulty tw- uh, 12. Okay. He rolled a 12, a natural 12. Uh, oh, his bummer. dexterity is a plus two, so he definitely made it. Um, but it is rough terrain now, so that will take him some time to get through there because he's right in the middle of it. A creature that enters the area and ends its turn on the area has to make the save again or fall prone. Okay. Uh, well, he does not have to because he's already in it. Yep. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is that your turn? That is my turn. Okay. We are going to move on now to the gobloids. Ooh, this could be bad. We have got gobloids rushing up. Uh, one gobloid rushing up from the south uh, goes around the grease. The other one goes through the grease, and uh, he is going to make his reflex save, and he gets a uh, oh, he gets a 19. So he is happy and content, and he moves right through it. And he is going to, they're both going to shoot short bows. One is going to shoot at Roos and one is going to shoot at Ebby. So the one that's shooting at Roos, he rolls a, that's an 11. That's a miss. And the other shooting at um, Ebby, he rolls a 12. I believe that is also a miss. That is correct. And then we have a bunch come running up to Nari and Pine. Come at me. They are going to dig in. So what we have, we've got four of the gobloids rush up, two attacking Nari, two attacking Pine with their scimitars. One is going to hang back and shoot his bow at whichever one does not drop. So Nari, two attacking at you. We have, ooh, two hits. We have a 22 and a 21. Those both hit, which means you take a total of, let's see, I think that is, ooh, that's 13 damage. Yikes. And hit. Yeah, well, they, they rolled really, really well. Okay, and then um, Pine, two are attacking you. And that uh, one misses, and the other one hits you, I think, with a 20. And he is going to do 
only four damage. And then the one with the bow is going to shoot odds and evens, and he is going to shoot at Nari. Nari, an arrow comes shooting at you, um, and that's another hit. Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Nari, you just took another five damage. Dang. Oh, my God. I'm almost dead. Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> ah, well, okay. So um, here's a little um, behind the scenes uh, when it comes to me, Paul, running games. Um it seems like session two um, is almost always an, a, a potential TPK. So here's hoping. All right. <laughs> Sorry, not for a TPK. I don't want to kill anybody, but I also don't want to make things easy. You know how it goes. All right. Hobloid. The one remaining Hobloid is going to try to get into this temple to deal some damage. He is going to have to move through the grease. And let's see if he can make that save. And he does not. He falls prone right next to the Bogloid. The Bogloid looks over at him, barks something in Gobloid talk, but you can tell by his body language, he is just disappointed. And he's like, oh, bug, bug, like shrugging his shoulders. Come on, bug, bug. All right, Pine, <laughs> you are up. Okay, here I go. I'm going to attack the uh, the... The one to the south of me. Okay. So just a second. Oh, it's a natural one. It's always going to miss, huh? Your total roll was a six. So what are you going to do? I'm going to use my disciplined focus to do a targeted strike and add 10 to that. So it's a 16. Oh, man. Yes, that hits. Okay. Roll some damage. Okay. I can only do that one time. Okay. Uh, And so then the damage will be... 13. Oh my gosh. Oh, max damage. These, gob- these gobloids cannot stand up. If you hit them, they crumple like a uh, house of cards. He just almost disintegrates. You you get into your stance, your your sword fighter stance and you lead with the saber and as you kind of you kind of thrust and you're kind of trying to throw him off guard and you just uh, you know, a saber is more of a slashing weapon, but as you kind of thrust, trying to throw him off, you just end up slicing right up underneath his chin and right out the top of his head, and he is done. Okay. I should have done this before, but for my bonus action, I'm going to go ahead and enter one of my sword master's stances. I'm going to enter the Wrath of the Stars stance. So Pine says, What is written in the sky demolishes all. Wrath of the Stars stance. Uh, and now every hit that I deal will deal an extra one d four radiant damage. Ooh, we'll say your your sword also starts to like glow a bit. Mm-hmm. But I definitely I definitely take up a, a, a distinct sword sword posture. Fantastic, awesome. All right, Ebby, you're up. Ooh, man, with you guys taking some heat over there, you're putting me in a tough spot of figuring out what to do with my actions and bonus actions, but I can't leave you guys hanging. So my bonus action, I'd like to move the spectral totem Mm -hmm. bear thing over about 15 to 20 feet or so. So that way I can get Nari and Pine in the radius. Perfect. You can move that over and everyone's now in it. Cool. So that gives you eight temporary hit points. So it's not perfect, but hopefully that'll help keep you up. All right. Um, whew, okay. And then for my action, 
I can't do anything with it yet. It's it's an action to do it, and then I, a bonus action to actually activate it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and drink my potion of fire breath. Oh, okay. And then are you going to stay put? You're going to move. You've got two little gobloids, one human size hobloid, and a big fat bogloid, all coming up from the south. I'm going to kind of duck behind the pillar, just kind of sidestep five feet, just so I'm not within immediate shot of the bogloid. Perfect. And, and hobloid, I guess. Okay. Nari, you are up. Okay, so I am going to hit at the um, guy right in front of me. Okay. And I got a 14. We'll say that hits. I can't find it right now, but I think that pretty much hits. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the damage is six. The damage is six. Six damage. Oh, he is hanging on by a thread. Anything else you want to do? I think you have like a action surge and stuff like that too. You have second wind, so if you are hurting, that might be a, now might be a time to do your second wind to get you some hit points back. Is it a D eight that she gets back? Oh yeah. Okay. D10, DN plus your level. Oh, so D10 plus three. Okay, so that's nine. Nice. All right, and are you going to stay put? Probably, because otherwise they'll, they'll, they'll get a tax opportunity against you. Yeah. All right, it is Bogloid's turn. Bogloid looks down at Hobloid on his back, slipped on the grease, shakes his head, and 5, 10, 15, uh, 20, 25, 30. Ebby. He comes rushing up to you with this big sword and he is going to take two swings at you. Ooh, gully. Ooh. Oh, okay. So he missed with the first one. He rolled a natural one. Woo-hoo. The second one, he rolled a 14, which I think, no, I think he's going to hit you no matter what. Um, yeah. Let's roll some damage. Oh, gully. I think that's 15 damage. <laughs> okay. Are you still standing? I am still standing. You've got your um, you've got your um, your uh, eight temporary hit points. So you take those away first. Yep. Yeah, and I had already gotten hit by a um, a javelin. Yeah, and so I took fifteen. You said. Uh, yeah, fifteen. Oof. Okay. I am standing, but I am aching right now. Okay. How many more wild shapes do you have for the day? Uh, I've got at least one more, so I'm probably going to need to do that. Make some kind of a of a of a hit point hit point sink. Yep. All right, Roos, you are up. You saw this big fat guy just come up and just clobber your new friend. Yeah, I'm going to run in, kind of excited that um, the robot, because I'm not sure if he's a real person yet, is taking the damage and take my opportunity to go and uh, fight this guy. I'm going to pull out my short sword and run up and try and strike. I got a 17. A 17? I do believe it hits. Yes, it does. Base damage, I rolled an 8, a 4 plus 4. And then for my um, precision damage, I got an additional 7, so 15 damage. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Let's see what that did. Oh, let me see what that did. And then I'm going to bonus action step backwards. You said 18 total? Uh, no, 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 15 total. 15, oh, 15 total. total. Ooh, oh man, he is hurting. Yeah, that was a big hit. A big hit. Um, 
to use um uh, to use uh, terms from uh, fourth edition, he is bloodied. Um, that brings us to the gobloids. Gobloids, we've got three gobloids. Pine, you're getting hit by one. We'll do his first. Pine, one attack on you. And he rolled a four, so that's a eight. That's a miss. Uh, we've got two attacks on Nari. We've got an 18 and a 17. Those both hit. Oh, no. So that's a total of 12 damage. Okay, well, as long as I'm still in this radius, I'm I'm still okay. Okay. But... Just barely. Just barely. Okay. And then we've got the uh, the archer dude. He is going to take a shot, and he's going to shoot at our good friend uh, Pine. Tip. And that is a hit. He rolled a 17, so that's a 21. And the damage is six damage, Pine. Okay. I'm going to make a quick check for one of these dudes. One of them is going to make a quick check, uh, and he is good. He likes it. Um, okay. We're gonna see if one of them wanted to run away or not. Um, and it's now the Hobloid's turn. He stands up. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. We've got two more Gobloids coming up from the south that need to move on in. Gonna run over here and gonna run over here. We've got uh, one taking a shot at, well, actually, let's see. We got one taking a shot at Roos and one taking a shot at Ebby. Um, Ebby, that's a 15, does that hit? That does hit. Yikes. Oh, max damage. Shoot, that's nine damage. That'll do it. I'm down. That'll do it. Oh, no. And that takes your beacon down, too. Yep. Okay, you are now down. So you are dying. You are not dead. The other gobloid is going to attack at Roos. That is a miss. Okay, Hobloid is going to get up, and he has to... Uh, does he have a reflex save if he already fell once? It's if they enter it or end their turn in it. But it's difficult terrain, so. And we call those dexterity saves in 5th edition, Paul, not reflex. Yes, you, yes, I apologize. Sorry. I got, I broke my teeth on D&D 3.5. Actually, 3.0. Cut, cut your teeth. What did I say? Broke my teeth. <laughs> you broke your teeth. <laughs> well, he tried to cut them, but he ended up breaking them. I broke them. Um, yeah, it just looks so tasty. <laughs> yes, I cut my teeth on. Oh, what it's am I doing? crunching okay. all those numbers, you know? Yeah, that's right. The Hobblade had to get up and steady himself and then get out of the uh, out of the grease. So he's actually all the way back here. So he is he is uh, not um, he is not uh, in the fight yet. And that brings us to Pine. Pine, you have got. All of a sudden, you feel a little less enthusiastic than you felt before. You've got a hobble or a gobloid in front of you, and then you see that Nari is still surrounded by two. Yeah, I will. Um, so I'm going to use as my bonus action. I'm going to uh, do a demoralizing shout, and I'm going to yell. Basically, this only affects the uh, creatures within ten feet of me, okay. um, enemies within ten feet of me, and I'm going to shout, "Fall to our steel!" And they have to make a. DC 12 wisdom saving throw or become frightened of me until the end of my next turn. Okay, that's three gobloids have to make that save. DC 12, um, it it says wisdom. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I think one of them for sure failed. Um, I think that their wisdom is just a plus zero. So, and then, so they're afraid. Okay, the one right in front of you is all of a sudden not not looking like he wants to uh, come any closer. That was my bonus action. Okay. Um, and then, with, so that basically means um, they'll have a dis- he'll have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just while I'm still in sight. Right. Uh, and he can't move any closer to me. So that's basically what that does. And then I'm going to go ahead and make an attack on the one uh, directly in front of, uh, I get just directly east of Narin. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, the other uh, one that you can hit that's not afraid of you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So then I'll make my attack roll. Okay. That's an eight. That is a miss. All right, I am going to... Okay, it is Ebby's turn. Ebby, I need you to make a death saving throw in session two. Yikes. Oh, man. Nat 20, nat 20. Oh, no. It's a nine. That's a fail. Ebby, (laughs) this is kind of weird for you because part of your curse is that you don't sleep anymore. And yet at this point in time, you are not aware of what's going on around you, which is weird because for the last five years, you have been nothing but aware. So it's kind of an intriguing feeling, but also not a great one. Okay, Nari. Well, I also have to make a death saving throw because I am. Oh, because you're, your temporary hit points went away? Yeah. Yeah, so, so they got me with that 12. So I got a 16. But it would have taken away from your temporary hit points first. Oh, okay, but... Just very few then. Okay. <laughs> cool. So then I will attack the goblin straight ahead of me. Swing, and I got an eight. Oh, gosh. <sighs> Man. All right, guys. So um, you guys have some decisions to make. It is now the Bogloid's turn. Uh, the Bogloid is going to look down at Nari. And kind of nudge Nari, or not Nari, look down at, at Ebby and nudge Ebby with his foot. Kind of looks inquisitively and then glances up at Roos, pulls out a javelin and launches, it a, jav- uh, launches a javelin at Roos. And the javelin goes wide. Okay, Roos, you're up. I'm going to look behind me to see Pine and Nari fighting against the gobloids. And I'm just going to curse under my breath. Ugh, cracking crystals, what am I thinking? And I'm going to run up to, to Ebby and say, this is a wasted potion because he's not even a person. And I'm going to unstopper my health potion and just pour it over his face and hope something happens. Some of it kind of gets into the grill. Um, what kind of potion is this? Is this a, a big one or a little one? All I bought was the the potion of healing that that guy had. Okay, so it's just a regular potion of healing. So, if I'm not mistaken, it's 2d4 plus 2. I believe that's right. So, I rolled an 8. So, it's 8 hit points back to Eddie. And I'm looking at his grill to try to see if there's any sort of response. Then I'm going to take my strike at the big guy and hope <laughs> hope that I made the right choice there because... I don't know if, if a potion works on a on a clanker. On a clanker, I like. <laughs> All right, Roos, take your shot. I rolled a twenty, not natural. Yeah, not na- okay. Why don't you? Okay, so here's the deal, Ebby, you are laying there. What does Roos see in your countenance as consciousness comes back to you? Is there any change? I think what he probably sees is that there is a like a greenish light or or glow that starts to emanate from underneath kind of some of the metal plating. Um, you poured it over my head. Yeah. Um, and so the glow is kind of emanating from underneath along the cr- like 
the rivets and the seams of the metal that is my head. And you probably even see like a dent kind of pop out <laughs> back into more normal form. Like okay. Iron Giant style. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. So, um, Roos, you hit the Bogloid. Now, I don't believe that Ebby being conscious but being prone, I don't think that he will give you... I didn't, I didn't assume he would, but I rolled max damage. I rolled a six, so it's 10. No. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, so that was big damage, big damage, but not enough. He is, <sighs> well, here's the deal. He is hurting real, real bad. We've got gobloids, 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 gobloids. Okay, here's we go. here we go. I'm going to make a, um, just kind of a morale check for the gobloids. They're naturally um, scaredy cats, especially the one who is afraid. So his fear is going to get the best of him. He is going to um, disengage as a... Actually, he has to do that at the end of his turn. So he's going to disengage as his action. He's going to move um, his full move. And then he is going to... I think he gets a bonus action hide. So he's going to hide. So he is going to hide and see, try, not, try to stay away from you guys seeing him. Um, and he actually has a pretty good job of hiding. Why don't you give me a perception check? Or what's your, I guess it's your passive perception. Yeah, he, he, he jumps behind um, some bushes and then you can't see where he is. Uh, he is still afraid of you though. The other three, we will give them some. Uh, um, so we've got one is going to attack at Pine. <sighs> Uh, that first one, uh, he rolled a six. And so that is uh, not going to hit you. That's only a, ten, a 10. And the second one's going to attack at Nari. Nari, here we go. Oh my gosh. They cannot, oh my they cannot not hit you. He rolled a natural 17. And he is going to deal some damage with his scimitar. He deals you six damage. You oh down? my God. Okay. Are you down? No, I'm, I'm, I'm barely hanging on. Okay. All right. Just barely. Okay, and then we've got the archer guy. Uh, he is going to step over here and take a shot at Roos. Roos, you're getting an arrow shot at you. Mm -hmm. uh, does a 14 hit you? Nope, my AC is 15. All right, let's see. It is now the Hobloid's turn. Hobloid steps up. He kind of, uh, he looks a little sheepish because of falling down earlier. Um, he kind of swats away one of the gobloids and he steps up here to you, Roos. And he's going to take a swing at you. And that's a hit. Ouch. Uh, he is going to deal uh, only five damage. Okay. And now that brings us to Pine. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, I'm going to take another attack at the, uh, at the gobloid in front of Narn. And it's only a 10. Okay, you miss. Is there anything else you want to do? I'm going to stay here. I can see that that uh, she's on her last legs, so. Okay. All right, Ebby, what are you doing? You got a Bogloid who is hanging on by a thread. Got it. Right in front of you. Okay. And you're still on the ground. I am. Now, to get up from being prone, is that just, it takes up like half my movement? Is that what the rule is? Exactly. So it'd be 15 feet. You can move 15 feet after that. Yeah. I think if your movement's 30. All righty. Well... Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and use up that movement, pop up and blow with my bonus action right into his face. The fire breath. 
which, oh, nice. which I think even if he saves, it's he's still going to have to take at least half of the 4d6. So I don't know if that's oh, enough to God. kill him, but... And that's a cone, right? Uh, I think it's just a single target. Why don't you just... Uh, let's see if he can make the reflex save just for funsies. And no, he got a 7, so he does not. What's the damage on that <laughs> on that bad boy? <laughs> I rolled all ones on the 46 for four damage. Okay, so here's the deal. Had you rolled had he had he made his save and you had that four, that 46 that gave you four, which is almost a Yahtzee, um, <laughs> you still would have killed him because he had two hit points left. Hallelujah. So he goes <laughs> down. All right. Um I am now going to use another first level spell slot and cast robotic ice missile again at this guy with the hopes of okay. landing uh, kind of a, a decent hit 24 to hit. Oh, that hits. Oh, so roll the damage on that one. Okay. So seven piercing damage to that one. And then the shard is five um, when it explodes. And he has to make he makes a reflex, right? Yeah, DC. So a thirteen is the difficulty because yeah. he rolled a thirteen. Okay, so the one that you hit dies painfully. The one that um, was kind of in the radius of the blast, he um, he manages to kind of hide behind some of the branches of that tree that's there in the middle of that room, and he does not take any damage. Okay. Okay, but very good round for you, Ebby. Oh, man, I needed. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Nari, you've got two guys in front of you. One's to one's a, a north of you. One is to the east of you. You got one guy who ran away and hid in the bushes, and you got another guy who keeps taking pot shots. Yeah, so I think I I think I am actually going to do that, and I'm going to attack both of these dudes. Um, and I'm going to attack them with my great axe, and hopefully I get something good. Okay, so I got 18 for the one on the east. Okay. Yes, and then and... roll some damage for that bad boy. That hits, right? Oh, yeah. That definitely hits. Oh, my God. The damage was four total. <laughs> four total. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, re-roll it. Re-roll that, re-roll that one or two. So then the second roll... Yeah, no, sorry. The second roll was 15. Yes. Was that a 50 and to hit? No, the fi- yeah, 15 was to hit, and then the damage was 13. 13. Okay, so you kill... Well, okay, so... When you re-rolled the, the one that you rolled for damage, what did you get for damage for that first hit? 12. Yeah, 12. Oh, 12? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then you, so you did your action surge already and you attacked the other guy? Or yeah. you're still doing the... Okay. Yeah, so I think you killed them both. I think that you just literally... We'll just say you just did one big old swing and you took two heads in one go. Woohoo! Finally. All right, so um, there we go. So now we are down to a Bogloid and uh, three Gobloids, one of whom is hiding. It's a Hobloid and a Hobloid. Yeah, we killed that dude. Oh, Hobloid, yes. My bad. Sorry, yes. So that would mean that, Roos, it's your turn. Okay. I'm going to stare a stare at this uh, Hobloid in front of me and just kind of like mockingly say, Hob, Hob, and I'm going to stab at him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a twenty-two to hit. That hits, and you get sneak attack. I think because you have a, a you have a buddy here next to him too. So I got seven damage from my strike mm-hmm. 
plus an additional nine, so 16 damage to him. Oh, that is, that is more than enough. You say, hob, hob, and he looks incredibly hurt. <laughs> like what you said, just really just cut to the core. And he just kind of drops the shield down, dejected, and then you just take the, uh, take the initiative and just run him through. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And now I already know what's going to happen. It is now Gobloid's turn. We have, um, we have two Gobloids left and one Gobloid who is hiding. Um, they scatter. And they take all of the movement that they've got to get as far away from you as possible. Um, two of them run far to the east. One of them takes off south, slipping on the grease as he tries to get out of the temple as fast as he can. Anybody wants to take a pot shot at any of these guys running away, feel free. Otherwise, they are gone. I'll throw a dagger at one of them. Yeah, I'd throw an axe at one of them. And I'll throw a dagger at one of them as well. I will throw insults as the, at them as they're <laughs> Nice. You're not a bard. You don't get to do that. <laughs> I rolled a nat one, so I did not hit anybody with okay. my dagger. You, you, you threw your dagger, and you know that you're never going to find it. Ugh, my axe is for seven, so... Seven, okay. So that axe, you'll probably be able to find the axe, but the dagger that... Um, that uh, pine through is gone and then you were throwing a, a dagger too uh roos i roos got a nine on his roll nine you guys you're like and stay out you know it's like you you know basically you're like yeah it's it's kind of pathetic but you guys you guys took quite a beating so uh yeah very good you guys are surrounded by um two dead uh hobloids a big old dead bogloid and like five or six dead gobloids so um as you as you savor the victory and as you count up the gold that you found, which is a total of, I think it's 47 gold. Because the Bogwood himself had uh, 20 gold on him. You can't make it divisible by four. <laughs> what did I give you guys? 47? 20, 47? Yeah. <laughs> okay, 48. There's 48. You find one random gold, but it's not even from them. You just find it in the grass. Um, you notice that the Bogloid, his sword um, is uh, better quality than uh, the other guy's sword, uh, but it's still just a long sword. It's not all chipped up and dinged up. This guy was obviously some kind of leader of this group. As you guys savor your victory and lick your wounds, we are going to stop there for tonight. You guys are gathered together in the shrine of Moshe, the lord of plants and growing things, surrounded by death and carnage you've just won your second battle of the day for some of you it's been a long time since you've seen this kind of this kind of action and as the sun is setting and the temperature is dropping you guys lick your wounds you start to gather up to figure out what happens next as you surround this this tree that might not be what it seems as we end the episode for tonight. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to episode three of the Crystal Codex with the 12-sided guys. Until next time, have a great night and we'll see you later. Bye.